Good afternoon, this is Debbie Q, and you're listening to The Right Shoe. The Right Shoe is a podcast about all things strange and unusual, especially in reference to a death. That song is so melodic, I I love it. So, that's me just going off on my intro. This is going to be a brief one. I I have three big episodes. One is about the Craig Alaskan murder mystery. I put it up on Instagram. I, I don't think it's as well known as it should be. It's a, It's a fascinating case. It really is a disturbing unsolved mystery, and I do want to dive deep into it. It's going to take me a minute. So in the, and then I got Gary Heidnick, the Wonderland murders. All are tremendously complex. I wanted to do two short ones now. Anyway, I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to do this case right now. So if someone wants to just listen to something real quick, no promos, no ads, you know where to go. The right shoe podcast.com Instagram shop all dev 44. Although the right shoe, if you plug that in, it's, uh, it's up there. And, and as it gains more followers, I'll slowly morph them together. Also, I am going to put all of my episodes up on YouTube. I have only the first one up right now, but I am going to do that as soon as I get a converter. I had one and and then my laptop broke and I, I it's a long story, but I, my son has to redo something for me. Anyway, I'm going to dive right into it. This is the story, an unsolved mystery, which is so frustrating, I know. It's a fascinating case and it's a cold case and it's something that happened in Warminster, Pennsylvania. In 1993. Now, I lived in Warminster. You know, there's a special place in my heart because the only times that I've lived outside of Philadelphia in my life were two years in the 90s when I lived in New York, two to three years. And then there was this time right after New York when I moved to Warminster. At the time, the person that I was with did not want to live in the city. We moved to Warminster. And in the 90s, there was a lot of strange murders in Warminster. I did a couple, you know, like there was a shooting in the giant parking lot, Donald Traub. I did that one. I'm not sure which one that's connected to, but it's in there somewhere. And all the pictures are, again, up on the com. God, that's going to drive me crazy now. Like, oh, it might have been the Cosmo DiNardo. Because he, this guy, Donald Traub, lived in Warminster and he killed this lady. It was crazy. I just want to get to this case because I'm trying to make this a brief one. It's November 10th, 1993. There was two best friends, Sean Campbell and Brian Benson. They grew up together in Warminster and they worked together in Warminster and they would die together in Warminster, unfortunately. Because what would happen was... A travesty, and it is a cold, cold case. They do have DNA, but it never matched anything. Now, when you get DNA off of something, remember it has to match somebody. It has to. I, I think even now they do. If there's something this like this that they have DNA on, they'll run it through 
not just murderers, I want to hope. I don't know. So, you know, I don't know. I know at one time it was only murderers. So if that person didn't do a violent crime, they wouldn't get caught. But then I think they started changing that rule. And now when they have DNA, they'll run it through anything like burglaries. You know, when you get arrested, I think your DNA is done like buccal swab automatically, which is, you know, a a swab of your mouth, and then they get the DNA cells. I believe that to be true. I'll have to check that out. But regardless, so I'm praying that one day this DNA will be matched because they do have something. So Brian and Sean were best friends. And if they were in Warminster, I would believe that they, it says they went to high school together. And the high school that most Warmanstonians go to, unless you're going to Catholic school, is William Tennant High. I know a lot of people that went there. That I believe that that's probably the school they went to. And But at the time, Sean was going to, uh, or I'm sorry, Brian was attending Bucks Community College. Sean was working at a pool place in Abington, which is right near like Abington, Pennsylvania. It's it's close by to Warminster. I, I think it was Sylvan Pools, if I'm not mistaken. So they were both working at this video store, West Coast Videos. Now, Rosemore Shopping Center, I lived right there. And when my son was a baby, I, there was a dollar store there, and I would roll his little stroller over, and he would get to pick out 10 toys. And my son was ecstatic, because at Toys R Us, he could only pick out one toy. But at the dollar store, he could get 10 toys. My son didn't care what the hell toy it was. He wanted toys. So 10 toys was just as happy. You know, that's why I always took him to the dollar store, because he broke them anyway. So we used to go to this Rosemore shopping plaza all the time. I... My son wasn't born that much. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, he wasn't born that much longer after 1993 when this happened. And I had never heard of this. So Sean Campbell and Brian Benson, again, they grew up together. They were best friends. They worked together. Sean worked in this West Coast video. God, remember the video stores? So much fun. Now, he had worked there for six years. Brian had worked there for six months. He just started there. I I have pictures of them. I I mean, they look like, you know, I know pictures don't tell you everything. They look like good kids, you know. And it is tragic because, you know, the mothers, they, uh, I'll talk about them in a second. They were in the store. Brian's father is Gary Benson. Gary Benson stopped by the store at 9 p.m. to pick up some movies. Nothing looked out of the ordinary. Everything was fine. Nothing, you know, this would be the part that would rip your heart out because you're just in the store. Your son's fine. The best friend's there. Everything's great. You walk out of the store and then shortly before 10 p.m., For some reason, they were in the adult X-rated section. Now, you know, for anybody that remembers that kind of section, it was in the back of the video stores because they did not want the children to go in there. But God forbid somebody turn their head and you can run in there and giggle at all of the, you know, the titles and the, the jackets themselves. So they were stabbed with 
the the blades of the knives were long bladed, and I guess they could tell by how deeply they went into their you know the cuts. I don't I didn't look at an official autopsy report, but it said they were fatally stabbed with long bladed knives, and it hit their backs, their chests, and their necks. But both Sean and Brian were very tall; they were both over six feet. So they there was a massive scuffle and despite being stabbed they put up a good fight and they could tell this by all the defensive wounds on their forearms so the next day the oh, i guess the because the father had just seen his son that night and this happened so frequently back before cell phones if you you know if i called my mom and said hey mom i'm i'm fine i'm at my friends and all was well you would not hear from them until the next day it was just how it was so what happened was i guess when brian's father gary saw him okay he left the store so the ne- the person that found them was the owner of the store came into the store the next morning and found their bodies in that x-rated section there was no sign of a forced entry and there was no sign of a murder weapon. The front door had been left unlocked. Somebody had cut the wires to the security camera, but the problem was the security camera wasn't working at the time. And they said the the cameras didn't activate until the door was locked. I mean, that doesn't make much sense to me. I guess they were just really using them for after hours burglary. I don't know why... As a security measure, you wouldn't have, even back then, but I don't know. I I mean, things have definitely increased camera-wise. I don't know. Things were so different, you know? So he finds them there. They, they just, this poor guy discovers the bodies, and initially they, they thought it was a robbery. But then they only took $300, and it wasn't including any of the cash in the registers or in the victim's wallets. So that's odd. They only took $300, not including any of the cash in the register. So where the hell did the money come from? Uh, you know, going through these old newspapers and everything, it's it's a little tricky trying to get to piece together, like, where did the $300 come from if it wasn't from the cash register? I mean, was it just laying there? I'm not sure. Were they counting the money when these guys walked in? The police suggested the assailants either hid in the adult X-rated room or the men were lured by some other, you know, they were lured into that room by some other type of force. Who knows? How, how can you tell? The only thing that they could find was this Goal, it was a like cubic zirconia, zircon diamond stud earring. Like it wasn't a real diamond stud earring. They found it on the floor between the bodies. It had been ripped off during the fight. So that's cool that they, that those guys, you know, either Sean or Brian had ripped it off. And the DNA was collected from the earring. Now they have it. It didn't match either of the boys. The DNA, so obviously it was from who 
who was involved. And they definitely think that it was two people because I don't think one guy would have, even with a knife, would have gotten two large young men, and especially the way they fought back. Two years after the murders, there was like a jailhouse snitch that started calling one of the family members, and he made claims that a fellow inmate confessed to the murders, but the investigators were able to, to just figure this was just somebody trying to get a deal, a plea deal or something. Also, a rusted knife was found behind the Rosemore Shopping Center, and the police did test the blade. It did not yield any evidence. Also, $52,000 was raised within the community to for the arrest of these people. Nobody knows. Uh, there was, there was a, a couple of video robberies in Jersey at the same time. So they initially thought possibly they could be, you know, the same thing, uh, you know, of the same people. But when they investigated the people that they caught for those robberies, it was not them. They had alibis for that night. They really went through, they, you know, the Warminster Police Department said, to this day, if anybody has any information, 215-443-5000. I'll write all these numbers down on my website. Also, they had, there's such a couple, there's a couple things. You know, they have Bonnie Youngers, who is Sean's mom, said her and Janice Benson wake up every morning missing their son. They just... Bonnie Youngers was going through what had happened that morning. She said she woke up and found the untouched dinner she had left for her son, Sean, and he hadn't slept in his bed that night. This was in the night of the murder, and she was more annoyed than alarmed because she, you know, this had happened before, and then she left and got dressed for work. Then she started calling his friends, and when she saw a police car pull up outside her office building, she knew something had happened. Unbelievable. The case has puzzled investigators. The the victims were both repeatedly stabbed. There was no motive, and there was no evidence except for that one earring left behind. And if they, I guess they do, do they keep retesting the DNA? I'm not sure because I know that costs money. You know, I don't know how actively involved cold cases, I don't know how much they come about. Now, now this one says, this report says $300 was missing from the cash register, but several hundred dollars and both men's wallets had been left behind. I, that sounds a little more accurate. If, I, to me, it sounds like these guys came in, got the money from the register. Maybe when they went, you know, maybe they got, now this is me pontificating. Did they show, like, bringing these knives, shove them into that porn section, say, uh, you know, and then maybe because they fought back so hard, maybe they got scared and ran. That's Or maybe they heard something. I mean, yeah, I don't think criminals are as savvy as, I mean, some are, but I think some aren't. And maybe they heard something or saw something or because these guys were so big, maybe they ran out and that's why they didn't get everything that they came for. Um, I'm just trying to figure out a possibility. You know, he was, Brian wasn't even supposed to work the night of the murders, 
But he agreed because his boss has to be minded staying. Uh, you know, these all of these things, the, the dad coming in, the mom. It just, you just must lose your shit thinking of it. And I would. I mean, that would drive me nuts. It would drive me nuts. What's that? You know, it's the club no mother ever wants to belong to. That's terrible. And then he'd say, you know, she would always, the mom says, um, I, I would, you know, Sean's mom said, I love you, be careful. And he'd always say, Mom, you worry too much. And my son says the same thing to me. And now he wonders why. I mean, I am constantly like both my kids, you know, don't stop for anybody. I am like a maniac. And they tell me, Oh, you worry too much. Yeah, well, there's a reason for that. I swear, I, I don't. I, I feel for these parents. My my heart just explodes for them. Yeah, but you're right. And the the woman said it's 20 years later, and I'm not surprised it hasn't been solved. Would I like to know? Yes, but do I torture myself over it? No, which is a good thing. If it comes through, it comes through. If not, you know, don't torture yourself over it. There is no closure, right? There is no closure. It's not going to bring Brian back. There is no fire. There's no closure. And that's the sad, sickening part. You know, people that I've known that was murdered or were murdered or there is no closure. There's no closure. You know, and I've been fortunate that I don't even like to talk about it because I get too upset. But I just, anybody that this has happened to, I pray every day that they find peace or they find whatever it is they want. This one, there's also a Joe, I, I can't pronounce the last name, but I will write all these numbers. I don't want to mispronounce someone's last name. Uh, I will I will put all the numbers if anyone knows something or I know what happened in 93. Uh, you never know, though. You never know. I mean, look at the Golden State Killer. I was just, oh, I did want to say I want to do one shout out. Uh, HBO Max has, there, there was a book by Michelle McNamara who passed away, unfortunately, before she got accolades for all her hard work. But it's called I'll Be Gone in the Dark. And it was a statement that the Golden State Killer had whispered to one of his victims. Now, there's a six-episode arc in on HBO Max, and it I, I really am enjoying it. I'm on part six now. I strongly recommend it. I recommend The Night Stalker on Netflix. That was outstanding. This is good, too. It's just a little bit more of a slow burn. And Michelle's life is intermixed. So I recommend both of them. Night Stalker on Netflix and I'll Be Gone in the Dark, HBO Max. Okay, so real quick, I'm going to talk about somebody had emailed me. Now, I had not heard of this case. I... I just didn't, I opened up my email one day and it says, please do not use my name, erase where this has come from. Uh, There was a nurse killed in Lansdale and I, I looked up nurse killed in Lansdale and then here comes this Ebony Sequita Pack, 30 year old nurse. She works in Lansdale. Now, in in the email that this person had wrote me, he said she was from Ben Salem. They keep saying Bucks County, which Ben Salem is included. So I, I know she lives in Bucks County. I'm not sure if it's Ben Salem. Apparently, in November 28th, 2020, 
30-year-old Ebony Sequita Peck, who looks like she's 18. I, I had a picture of on my Instagram. This girl is so young-looking. Beautiful girl. Uh, Skin-like. Oh, my gosh. Her skin is just flawless. I Apparently, she was driving to work. She was a good nurse. People stuck up for her. Anybody that knew her was, because I think there was a lot of, oh, there's drugs involved and blah, blah, blah. And people were like, no, this, this, she was a good nurse. There's, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about this case. And there's very limited stuff about it, except the investigators do say this was no random act. I don't know why they're saying that. It's not written. Again, they're putting out such limited information. I would believe it's because whatever they know, they're trying to keep silent until maybe they can get some, because it is a relatively new case. It's only two months old. She was stopped at an intersection. There was apparently several bullet strikes on the driver's side door. She sustained multiple gunshot wounds during the incident, uh, two gunshot wounds to the chest and one to the leg. She was then transported to Abington Lansdale Hospital, which I, th- I think she worked close to. The Montgomery County Coroner's Office will perform an autopsy. This was before the autopsy was done. The shooters remain at large. I'm trying to find, I think I had a little bit of more information on this. At first, I didn't even know who it was. It was not a random act. She was an intended target of this shooting. She was driving a Nissan sedan, was parked at the intersection. How the hell? I mean, that is baffling because... And the neighbors reported hearing four to six gunshots in rapid succession. You know, sometimes when you're in the city, it's kind of hard. You, you hear a lot of gunshots, especially here. I, I There's a range down the street for the police department. You can usually tell the difference when they're firing friendly, I guess you would call it, as opposed to fireworks when they throw quarter sticks far away you know the the sound of gunshots are actually it's different sometimes gunshots don't sound like you think gunshots are going to sound but so they did hear these gunshots and in this neighborhood they would because it Lansdale's a very relatively quiet neighborhood from what I can remember when I lived near there it was a very like upscale she she you know I didn't think crime was that rampant so four to six gunshots would be something of significance there i wish i could get a hold of this autopsy report i'm sure i could find it somewhere maybe i could do an update on this but if i find any updates on this case i will this is my short one it's just about because both of them are unsolved and i will put up on instagram and the right shoe podcast all the phone numbers and everything it's, that's a short one for today. Very brief in case you just want to, you know, seriously, if anyone's listening and they remember something or if you wanted to get involved and investigate on your own, it, it there's so many times now where because of these investigations, because of what is going on with the interest in unsolved murders and the, the genealogy links and everything and the DNA, 
more and more cases are getting solved. And that is a great thing because you're bringing families hope that their cases can be solved. To some, I agree, you know, it doesn't bring the person back. But to others, they they want that sense of closure. So either way, this is Debbie Q and you're listening to The Right Shoe.